Homestyle Green, episode number 31. Do you store stuff in your attic? G'day and thanks for tuning in. Matthew Cutler-Welsh here for another episode of Homestyle Green. I am a sustainable housing expert and you are someone who wants to help me in my vision of creating better homes for people and better homes for the planet. Thank you very much for all the great um, feedback and comments from our last episode. I kind of knew that it was going to get a bit of um, interaction going when we're talking about Passive House. It does tend to get the debate going and I'm not sure why I've been thinking a little bit about that why people seem to be very passionate one way or the other whenever um, Passive House is mentioned but needless to say the conversation is going on over at homestylegreen.com and it's spilled over a little bit onto EcoBob as well I did post uh, onto EcoBob um, a link to the blog and podcast and there's some some quite long and in-depth uh, conversations going on on both sites. So definitely check those out, ecobob.co.nz and also uh, homestylegreen.com. And thank you very much to Elrond who continues to partake in that conversation and participate. It's great to have his input in there. He's obviously very passionate about that and he's got some really good views and experience to share. Other people with some good things to share recently, um, I've been very privileged to attend a Woofy workshop. Now, Woofy is a software package that allows you to assess the moisture content inside your um, building construction from a model. And a uh, huge thanks to ProClimber, and Thomas Van Ramsdonk, who you we we've heard from Thomas in a previous episode, episode number twenty six, when I caught up with Thomas in Christchurch at a home show. Um, great guy, and look, I think ProClimber is a really interesting company and one um, to keep an eye on. They're doing some great stuff, um, really in the education space. And this Woofy workshop was an example of that. But there's some scary things that they point out about. Uh, the 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 impression that we have of buildings, and I won't go into too much detail now because it it does require uh, justify well probably a whole series of episodes actually to talk about moisture and some of the things that are going on there. But um, you can check out Woofy. It's that's W U F I. I'll put some links up to that on the show notes, but definitely have a look at that and also check out uh, ProClimber and, and some of the stuff that they've got to offer. Now, back in episode 19, I had an interview with Ingo Ratzdorf, and if you haven't heard that interview, definitely head back and check it out. Ingo shared with us his journey of building a passive solar design house in Riverhead. Now, Ingo's actually looking at selling that his house and uh, that would be a great buy I would think from what we heard from Ingo Ingo's getting um, he's keen to get get a, another project underway and in order to do that he's putting looking at putting their house on the market so check that out and if you want to get in touch with Ingo then let me know comments at homestylegreen.com and I can connect you up to find out more about that a um, couple other things that are coming up. I'm heading to Wellington for the New Zealand Green Building Council Green Room on the 30th of May. And if you're in Wellington, 
highly recommend checking that out. Uh, there's pretty good – the green, of, green Room is basically an event for um, Green Building Council members, but it's also available for non-members as well. Um, it, it's sort of at um, – it's after work hours, so 5 o'clock to 7 p.m. There's some drinks, and it's a good social event to catch up with people in the industry. This there's a good lineup of topics to that we're going to cover during this green room. Um, just reading through the list here on the website, Kimiura School, which is an excellent school. Uh, it's a fantastic design. Hopefully, uh, it got some good pictures of that. Um, that got its uh, rate a five star green star education rating uh, recently, um, and that's a very very cool project. I'm going to be talking about home star for multi unit premises and also the design rating process that we now have available uh, at Homestar. Um, there's MSSS Ohakia, which is the first New Zealand industrial building to be awarded both design and built ratings. And then finally, it's going to, going to wrap it up with talking about Neighbours, which is the performance management uh, tool that um, New Zealand Green Building Council is working with a few other partners on bringing that uh, to the market. So um, a pretty big uh, range of topics there and it should be a great event. I'm really looking forward to uh, catching up with people. So if you are in Wellington, that's 30th of May. It'd be great to see you there and uh, do get in touch because it'd be, be great to catch up. <clears throat> All right. Now, the today's episode, I just, just got off Skype call with Johnny Parker and great to catch up with Johnny because I've, had a little bit to do with Johnny previously, and he's got some really cool stuff going on. He's actually a home star accredited home coach, and he spends a lot of his time up in roofs and looking at houses. He's from the UK originally, and as we know from people overseas uh, coming to New Zealand, they have a pretty well-rounded opinion of New Zealand homes, so I asked him about that. And also, the um, we focused on what what Johnny's um, got going on at the moment as a solution for storing stuff, which we all tend to do inside our roofs, and how not to impact the insulation value. So have a listen, and um, love to hear your comments and feedback uh, after the show. It's Matthew Cutler Welsh here on episode 31 of Homestyle Green. And with me on Skype is Johnny Parker. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thanks. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How, how have you come to be doing what you're doing at the moment? And um, particularly what's inspired or motivated you to go down the path that you've you've ended up on? Um. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I guess my my journey is quite quite a random one. Um, it's, it's it's it probably started way back just before I started university. Um, I I just always had a, an interest in um, I guess new inventions, new ideas, and and opportunities. I was always sort of trying to think of uh, of, of unique ways to do things. Um, and I, I actually ended up going into uh, packaging design um, back right. in the UK. Yeah, so I, uh, I, I... It doesn't sound quite as glamorous as uh, new inventions. <laughs> well, there's lots of amazing inventions in packaging, and I thought right. that would be a great place to uh, chisel out a, uh, you know, a little career for myself. And yep. uh, I, it, it's quite inventive, and there's, there's lots of creativity to it. So I, 
I went in for that and um, started developing packaging concepts uh, and branding concepts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I learned more and more about the packaging industry, I just learned about how ridiculous the nature of how we use materials was. Yep. In the sense that the so much effort into things that are just cast away straight into a hole mm. in the ground, mm. minimal thought. Um, so whilst I was at university, I decided to sort of branch away and I became quite interested in how uh, packaging could become sustainable and, and what it could do. Yep. So I developed concepts there and then started moving into how to actually brand and promote sustainability to non-green people how to bring it into a kind of more mainstream light without people really feeling like it's a tree hugger product or a right you know trying to trying to sort of change change the message on the can so making uh, making sustainability cool or or sustainability yeah. by stealth make yeah sustainability by stealth um and education by stealth i think right. probably, right. probably right. one of, one sort of thing you're so, going to be sustainable but you might not know it yeah, exactly. Like, I, I started looking at you know how people buy things and why they buy things, and you know we all buy things because we want it to do a job for us. You know, we want it to uh, to first of all fulfil a function. Yeah. Um, and sustainability should only ever be a bonus to that. So, in, right. in, environmental aspects of a product should only ever be the the add on. Is what I, I realised. It shouldn't be the, the core element of it. Um, and that's the way to sort of get people interested and get people actually using it. So you mean you, uh, you, you, you're not going to try and sell something just because it's sustainable. You should sell something because it does a good job. Exactly. And if it's sustainable, that's a bonus. Exactly. You, you work to have the bonus. So when people are choosing on a product on a shelf, they're both the same thing. Right. But one will say, well, actually, it's, it's they thought about the packaging. It does this or they invest in this and there's an added bonus to it. So and is that relevant today? I I think it it's actually moved on a step from from back then. I think slowly now we're getting uh, sustainability is being integrated into products at the actual design phase mm. and the whole life cycle of packaging and materials is becoming mm. a major issue and a major mm. concern. But this was this was back in two thousand and three. When it still right. was all wasn't really thought of too much, so mm. it's mm. so I kind, I kind of broke away and and started doing that, and I I spent some time working for a few design studios just yep. um, as an intern, yep. and I just realised that there was no no real desire for ethical or sustainable branding and strategy or, or even uh, packaging at that stage. So I kind of just got a bit disillusioned and um, right. kind of, kind of left it for a bit, and I. It's quite hard to get a design job in in the UK. Yep. So um, I ended up sort of uh, working as a chef to pay for you know the rest of my degree. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and for about a year after uni, while well, I figured out what to do in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I understand. I then, I then found myself because I was from Cornwall, which is you know there was wasn't much work around, so you you either kind of just put yourself on the scrap heap or you became sort of I suppose a bit inventive. Yep. So it, it never left me the idea of sustainability and how to how to push it out there and how to make it more mainstream and get people fired up and interested mm-hmm. in things that save a resource. Mm-hmm. So it's I started a little company called Wow Wow Eco Design. Wow Wow. Yeah, Wow Wow. Great name. 
<laughs> it was, it, the idea was a double wow. So it was like, wow, it does this. And oh, wow, it also does that. Yeah. So it's, it, I called it wow, wow, just to sort of make it a bit fun, lighthearted, and not something like, you know, all ethical or something like that. Just yeah. about creativity, about vibrancy, about, uh-huh. you know, spontaneity. So it's, so I started that, which um, was a website, an online store for sustainable products and materials. And I'd gone around and sourced all the suppliers and uh, sourced all these companies and, and set up kind of a dropship website where people could buy things and, you know, I could deliver all over UK. So I, I kind yeah. of grew that. It was a bit of a, you know, bedroom operation. So dropship, um, for those that aren't familiar with, with e-commerce, that's where you don't have to stock all those items in your bedroom. Is that pretty much that's right. how it works? <laughs> yeah. Some things I did stock. Um, right. Um, majority of the products were people would order from the site. I'd place the order with my suppliers and they would deliver to the customer. Right. So you're just uh, providing the e-commerce platform. Exactly. Yeah. So I was providing sort of marketing and sales and, and technical support for the products as well. Yep. And uh, and at this stage, was there a market for sustainability? There was certainly a hunger from uh, – it, it got pretty well known. Um, there is – was definitely a market, but whether I, I believed at that point it was more of a lip service market, right? So it is really people just buying, you know, ethical goods or or, or gifts just because they were quite nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say people buying it to actually do something for the planet right, or right. buying it as right. a complete lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. just something nice to have. Um, yep. And I became a bit again disillusioned with a lot of the ranges, which were just sort of, you know, nice recycled candle holders and things like that. And I was just like, this is getting far too hippie. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want something that actually does stuff Yeah, yeah. You know, further. So I started then looking into um, energy efficiency. Uh-huh. There was a definite need because there was lots of people out there struggling to pay power bills and heat being wasted everywhere and, you know, quite, quite large issues. So mm-hmm. I started looking into those areas and I kind of moved into building products because right. then I suddenly realized that buildings are these these things that encompass huge amounts of energy and all this raw resource and we build lots of them and then we stick more resources into them every minute of every day. They're, they're kind of, uh, you know, they are complete extensions. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, that's it. That's where that's where we can make a bit of a difference. We, we can change the way we live by changing what's around us mm, mm. Um, and I became completely fired up and sourced uh, I started supplying solar panels and um, small turbines uh, okay. rain harvesting kits anything and everything I could find that was building related to make buildings save resources so is this your wow wow website transforming itself from a, a candlestick holder into a a building building products um supply website yeah, yeah totally I, I sort of took it away from this sort of twee ethical you know recycled products i kept yeah. a lot of them there because you know they were helping a lot of local people who were making them right so uh, it was getting too eco chic it was be- yep. it was becoming too fashionable and i didn't want that i yep. wanted it to actually be a resource that sells products that actually perform a purpose and you know have their place right and, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I took it into sort of, you know, Vok-free paints and uh, sheep's wool insulation and natural building materials. And um, it, uh, it sort of carried on. And that, and that was the way I was sort of progressing it. Yep. 
Um, so was, bring us bring us forward to New Zealand. Ah, oh, well, uh, yeah, I so I ran the company for a, a little while, and I also had a full time job on top of it, running a um, eco design studio. Oh wow! Yeah, um, which was so I was doing environmental management and things for, and it kind of all got a bit on top of me, if I'm honest. And I was I, I realized I hadn't even been traveling or or seen the world, so. Yeah. I just kind of uh, life was rushing you by. It, it was, and I was, <laughs> I was yeah, I was <laughs> not enjoying it. It was becoming too caged, and I hadn't done the things that most students would do because I never had that much money. So, but then I realised, ah, oh, well, I could sell Wow Wow and have a bit of money to go go travelling. Yeah. So uh, I did do that. I put it on the market and sold it, and took a sabbatical, and then I went to see. Southeast Asia. And how did Austria. that? How did that feel? Because uh, you obviously created a, uh, something with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears gone into that. Uh, how, how was it to to cut cut free from it? Uh, it was it was painful. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite painful because you you you're giving up a piece of yourself, mm. and you're not sure the person who's taking it on is going to look after it or yeah. or grow it in the way you wanted it because it, it goes beyond just you know money. It's, it's you, you you want something that becomes a legacy. That was yeah, yeah. What I wanted, um, but then again, it was my first ever attempt. You know, as a as a little business, and um, it's still going today. But it's it? been rebranded now. Yeah, it's, it's not well anymore. No, they've they've uh, it's basically been sold uh, and is now promoted by a UK eco celebrity, Dick Strawbridge. Oh, okay. So, and they sell um, all sorts of ethical products. From the website, but it's called EcoArc now. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, changed a wee bit. So but, but, um, you, you ended up in, in New Zealand eventually? Yep. yep. I, I washed up on New Zealand as a backpacker. Yeah. And uh, about that time, I had quite a lot of experience doing energy efficiency, believe it or not, on zoos. <laughs> right. Uh, that's another story. <laughs> um, and uh, I was looking for a, for a job out here, and I saw that the they needed a home coach, right? And um, I was, they needed some of expertise in products and materials for energy efficiency um, mm. for a project they're setting up in Wellington. So I was like, ah, well, I can I can do that. Yep. So um, so yeah, I met up with them and uh, yeah, and, and got the job to uh, to be the first. First ever home coach, I suppose. So, as a home coach, you um, basically go in and do assessments inside people's homes and have a look at what's going wrong and give people recommendations. Is that pretty much it? Um, yeah. The, well, the the first point of a home coach really is is it's to look at everything, the whole picture, mm-hmm. and to really listen to the homeowner and uh, f- figure out what they need, what their issues are, yeah, um, and then to look at the building as a system uh, how everything relates to each other right so uh, you know taking moisture readings figuring out whether moisture is working in the home what the drainage is doing how the heating's working what it's made from where they live how they live in it all all these things sort of come together and it's 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 one of the first things where we we look at the entire picture rather than just looking at the heating or just the insulation so how, how long have you been in that role uh, t- uh, coming up for two years now. And how many houses have you looked at? We are this week should be just crossing our thousandth property assessed. Oh, congratulations! Thousand houses. Yeah. And and what do you think of the humble New Zealand house? 
Um, do you know what? I actually love New Zealand housing because it's 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 really interesting. Um, <laughs> That's being, but I wouldn't. You're being very class. polite now. <laughs> I, if it was a if you took a New Zealand house and put it in the in the UK, it would often be referred to as a shed. You might have found one in a zoo, maybe. <laughs> Some zoos were better heated, <laughs> for sure. But uh, no, there's there's I, I love New Zealand architecture. And I love the um, the fact that there's not huge developments like there are in the UK, where every house looks the same. Um, yeah, are we talking about Wellington was, though? Yeah, I'm talking about Wellington. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose it's only my the cake of you know piece of New Zealand I know, but uh, it's. Sure. The houses have a, a long, long way to go. They are so far behind. So if you were to sum up um, the top, uh, I'll limit you to three. Yeah. Um, is it, can you nail just one one of the biggest problems or, or, or what are the top problems that you see with New Zealand houses just in general? Um, well, the... Uh, the the one of the most one of the main problems I keep seeing everywhere is is everything that was built in the nineties or renovated in the nineties is down lights. They are freaking everywhere. <laughs> they are just the bane of everything, and they prevent you from insulating because there's just half the time there's no point if you have over a certain number of down lights. It's a colander. Yeah. It's frustrating, and you have to deal with them before you deal with anything else. Yeah. Um, and can you? You can, yeah. We've we now supply um, complete IC rated LEDs, right? Uh, and we have a service where we can remove them, uh, install brand new IC rated LEDs, and then provide the warrants and certification to our insulation team. Right. You can then go in and insulate completely over them. Yep. To code, so we get it all done in one hit for the for the homeowners. So they're so, nice and warm. So downlights, and you're talking about renovations there. So you're talking about uh, houses, character homes that would not have had downlights in originally, but mm. have ended up with them. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, there's yeah. quite a lot of renovations, and I guess interior designers and architects thought they were the bee's knees, and you know, put them in everywhere, and often the places are completely overlit. Yeah, right. Um, as well, and we're yeah. talking halogens, which you know, fifty watts per unit. Yeah. Um, convert ninety-five percent of the power to heat. Ninety-five percent. Yeah, about ninety-five percent is is actual just heat output, yeah, pure right. wastage. That's a pretty efficient heater, but not a very efficient light source. Well, funny enough, um, incandescents have been banned in the UK. Is that right? And someone's found a way around uh, the law by importing light bulbs as heaters because they're actually better heaters than they are at light. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> so so, uh, so downlight's uh, a big problem. Any other big things, big problems that you see on a regular basis? Yeah, um, a lack of um, moisture barriers. Um Loads of houses have been insulated under the ECA program. We get there, we assess the insulation and the underfloor insulation is all good, but the no one's installed a vapor barrier. So right. often the insulation can be hydroscopic, it absorbs moisture, becomes yeah. quite heavy, starts sagging and pulling away from the floor. Right. Um, the the moisture ingress to the building is is you know, much higher than people will think, even when the, the soil appears to be dry. Yeah. You push your finger down about, uh, you know, five or six mil and you find it's damp and it's because it's it's evaporating up into the building. Yeah. The convectional exchange is sucking damp, cold air into the building and stressing the heaters and just distributing moisture on jib and ceiling and carpet. So the trick uh, there is if you have a timber floor, even if it's 
dry or appears dry underneath the house, you'd recommend to put a, a damp course down or a, um, a vapor barrier? I do, definitely. Right. Not in every situation, um, but uh, it's, it's, it's something which has been missed by a lot of the insulation companies or mm. it's not quoted on at all. Um, and it's something which just hasn't been well promoted to people with the importance of ground vapor barriers. I think they do just as much as underfloor insulation. Yeah, yeah. They can contr- transform a home completely. Um, look, lots to talk about uh, in that your experience going through homes. So I want to come back to the the roof um, and talk about Attic Island. Oh yeah. Tell us what uh, tell us what Attic Island is and why we need it. Well, um, basically, uh, um, after assessing a, a lot of houses um, back in the UK and here, um, I realised that we're putting in brand new thick insulation. Um, so really to capture a good level of heat in your home, you, you pretty much want almost a foot of insulation. Um, the building code minimum is 120 mils, but mm-hmm. I recommend up to 270 yep. um, to actually really capture the heat. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're installing all over New Zealand new thick insulation, which is, sits over and above the joist. Yep. Um, but one of the big problems I, I saw in lots of ceilings is that people kept putting storage on top of it and uh, heavy boards, um, which would squash it, completely negate the insulation, and often it'll be damaged for, for life. It, it doesn't right. recover very well. Yeah. Um, another issue I saw was with blanket insulation, which was installed to cover joists yeah. to prevent thermal bridging. And that's um, a good but thing. Then get, it's a good thing. Um, but then you'd get tradespeople coming into the roof, might do something to the lights or might mm-hmm. want to check up water cylinder. Mm-hmm. And they pull the whole lot up so they can find the joist to walk across it. Mm-hmm. But then they'll put it back carefully when they finish, right? Uh, if they're nice, they, they put it back. Right. Um, or if they do, often they don't put it back quite correctly. Um, and you yeah. find there's, there's quite a few gaps. Um, so I, I came about that set about designing a solution um, to that. And I uh, designed a raised storage leg, um, which can be secured to the joist, and then boards can be fitted on top of it. So it basically provides a raised islands or walkways, um, which can provide people with safe, sturdy storage, yep. and provides tradespeople with walkways that don't have to mess with the insulation. Um, so yeah, that was, that was how Attic Island was born. So I I, I started doing the design work and put in for a patent um, in the UK initially yeah, uh, and New Zealand as well uh, to find that someone had just beaten me to it by a couple of months. Oh, no way. <laughs> um, and uh, they were kind of, uh, because they were doing it full time, they managed to get, get the application in uh, a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were just basically someone just like me had the, uh, the same came across the same thing came up with the idea right so I basically teamed up with them and uh, together now we're you know um, delivering these stilts all over the place and we we're, we're now bringing them into New Zealand right and I've developed the brand Attic Island um, which is uh, basically um, a brand that enables insulation firms to actually install these raised raised attic island legs right uh, and they can fit uh, boards which they source from their local uh, diy merchant mm-hmm. uh, and they can install them for people along with the insulation or they can come and fit it to your existing ceiling um 
and providing you with with, with fantastic uh, sturdy storage for forever and it's it's opening up people's attics to them now they have they've almost discovering a new part of their home <laughs> whole new room up there um, and you've got some great photos uh, on your website there. And you can see people the the plastic stands that's showing um, just standard plywood. Is that uh, used as the actual platform above the the stands? Yeah, we use uh, basically a 12, 12 mil um, ply. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 non structural, but it's very very strong. Um, it's basically the the ply is cut into six hundred by twelve hundred boards, yep. which is basically you get a big sheet of two point four by one point two ply as it comes standard. Yeah, and whilst you're at you know Bunnings or wherever, you can get it sliced up into four. Right, uh, and then that's your planks, and then you basically just put the islands down, screw them to the joist, and then um, fluff the insulation up in between them, mm-hmm. and then put the boards on top, and you got. Solid insulation and solid storage, and, and they will you hold. Can, then you can forget about your your insulation and um, go nuts putting stuff on top of it. Well, we're saying basically up to fifty kg per square meter, right? Because uh, you know you don't want people storing lead in their attic, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for your for your, you know your most families' needs of books or um, toys, um, it's it's more than appropriate, and you you can walk on it. Um, yeah. They're quite quite safe once they've, uh, so long as they've been installed well, um, and each actual leg can support up to five hundred kgs each. Wow! And I think that's a really important point you make about access because I don't think you want or would advocate for people storing loads and loads of gear up in, in their in their attic, but you do need to get up there occasionally, and it's it's great if you do have a a full layer of. Uh, insulation, particularly after retrofit, you just can't see where the joists are. Um, and I have heard of stories right. where they've had some electrical problems or something, and there's a, a trench that's been trampled into the the retrofitted insulation, which effectively deems that a good chunk of that pretty much useless. So you you've effectively um, uh, literally been trodden on the all the stuff that you've bought, and you're not getting any benefit from it anymore. Mm. Uh, so this would prevent that from happening that's right yeah it's a complete defense against that so you can have a, a complete serviceable uh, walkway or crawlway um in an attic so you know electricians and plumbers can get from one end to the other without damaging your expensive insulation yeah 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 without you losing heat um yeah. and then you can also create boards and store things off that as well right um it's also improves the safety for those workmen as well makes their lives a lot easier Nice. Um, and it's particularly useful as well for people that have ducted central heating systems, such as uh, you know, gas ducted or heat right. pump systems. Yeah, yeah. Because they can then, uh, when they come to change the filters or service it, they can have a platform uh, to safely work on when they do that. So, what about new homes? New homes, we're finding a, um, they're a particular area where people love the islands. Is um, a lot of new homes have uh, obviously garages um, attached. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of garages have internal access from the garage to the actual attic space. They share the same ceiling. Yep. So a lot of people have been just chucking storage directly on top of the ceiling over the house from the attic, uh, from the garage, sorry. Right. Um, and that's an area that's been identified as, as prime for attic islands to come in. And, you know, we can fit proper proper boards uh, raised up so the insulation right. will not get damaged in any new build. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're trying to encourage builders to seriously consider them. Oh, very good. Now, um, what if people aren't in Wellington? 
Uh, we can supply, uh, at the moment, all of our installers are around Wellington because that's where we're starting from. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we are in talks with some wider uh, insulation networks. Um, uh, we're, we're very keen to hear from any insulation or um, roofing companies or, or any builder who wants to um, buy the stilts and we can provide them with the training, the materials, um, and the stilts themselves to then go on and on sell. Right. So for all those, all those people, warm up New Zealand service providers or insulation companies looking to diversify and add to their service range, they could get in touch with you. That's right. And the, the ones that have been doing it are, are reporting fantastic sales. Um, and also they're making extra profit from yeah. existing customer base because they're yeah. the databases of people they've already installed. Ah, right. And go back to them and, and say, hey, look, we can add this. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's very easy. And one of them recently reported to us that now Attic Islands have overtaken their insulation sales. Wow. So it's, um, it, it's, it's going very well for the, for the ones that have been brave enough to start um, providing them. Right. Well, I mean, from from doing the odd assessment myself in in in, in Ruse, it would be you're basically turning a problem into a into an opportunity because you so often go into a roof and you'd see all this stuff in there and say, look, we'd love to insulate it, but you've you've got all the stuff up there. You, you you're going to have to pull that out and do something with it um, mm. because you or or you're just going to end up with a big space that's not insulated. So you're you're able to provide that person with insulation and also add a line item and and um, increase the the size of the sale, I guess. That's it. Yeah, we're, it's it totally removes the barrier where some people just wouldn't bother insulating. Yeah, yeah. So too much stuff. I don't want to deal with it. Um, you know, I'm not going to bother insulating. So that I can see that, that that combined, particularly with your your solution for downlights, that's really providing a whole ceiling solution to retrofitting and, and, and getting a, a decent thermal envelope back in, in, in over people's heads. Yeah, ceiling insulation is is it's so important. It's this it's one of the most important things in a building. Yeah, it's it's what differentiates you know a house from a shed. Yeah, is yeah, insulation. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, you've looped back around very nicely to your and your roots as wanting to um, be inventive, adding your your marketing and uh, branding touches, but also that that philosophy of thinking of a house as a as a system as well so it's all it pulls all those things in together quite nicely it does yeah it's um i think the mentality is slowly changing as well to actually um start viewing homes as 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 not these beasts that absorb energy but start seeing them as as boxes around you that keep you healthy yeah keep you warm they keep you dry and as soon as you you know don't invest in those those boxes then your own health is at risk yeah, and I think that's something that's uh, yeah, that's looking at everything together is, is vital if we're going to solve this picture. Nice. Now, before we uh, finish up, have you got a a book or a website or resource that you'd recommend to Homestyle Green listeners? Oh, um, well, there was a book uh, back in the UK. I'm not sure if it's available here in New Zealand, or I suppose you can get it off Amazon, which is the um, Eco Designers Handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, I always found that pretty, pretty in, in you know, very very resourceful because it's basically just would list almost every product um, that you can imagine and discuss its elements of sustainability and and what sort of innovations are happening. Yeah, um, and you start becoming aware that sustainability is creeping into 
development of every single product now. Right. Uh, um, it's 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 quite inspiring read. It's pretty good. So that's the Eco Design Handbook, and I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes. People can um, find it if they wish. Um, any final advice you've got for designers, architects, people looking at uh, building or renovating? Um, I would, uh, yeah, basically find out what the the building code minimum is for insulation and double it. <laughs> That's some good, some sound advice. Yeah. And, and where can people find you and um, Attic Island? Uh, they can find uh, Attic Island by going to www.atticisland.co.nz. Yep. Um, on the on the homepage there, there's a brochure that you can click on. There's a little image of a brochure. Uh, and then you can download that PDF. And in that brochure, explains about how they work, how they go together. And you've got a great little video on that site too. Uh, it's it's a little rough around the edges. It's it? a, a video from the from the website, so it's just a silent video at the moment on um, just seeing someone install them. Right. We are actually working on a new new video and a little a low budget YouTube advert for it as well. Perfect. Nice. So, exciting times. And uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, we have a, a Facebook page, um, Attic Islands, um, or Facebook slash Attic Islands. Right. Um, so you can, can go there and also uh, whenever we have new um, uh, new installers join us, we, we promote it on that on that web page. Cool. Uh, there's also a link as well to an interesting Grand Designs um, episode which discusses this very issue of people needing attics for storage and how... It's uh, it can damage insulation. Oh, good. Um, so that's uh, that's quite a useful little video. Right. But I guess they filmed it before they knew about us. Possibly, but you know they've created a good market for you. Hopefully, uh, make the most of that here. Hey, look, uh, thank you very much for your time, Johnny. Really appreciate that. And looks like uh, you've started a very ex- exciting journey there. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that, and maybe we'll get we might even get you back at some stage to talk a bit more about uh, your your role as a home coach. Sure, I'd love to. It's been fantastic. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Well, that's it for this week. What a great story, eh? Uh, always good to hear how people are bringing a good solution like that to market. So I hope you enjoyed that. Please do get in touch with me, comments at homestylegreen.com. Uh, really grateful for the the feedback in iTunes, and I'd love to get some uh, more ratings and, and reviews over there. doesn't take very long. All you need to do is jump into iTunes and you can click on the star rating there and also leave a little comment. And uh, We'd love to get those. It's been great to get some comments this week over on the blog and also some conversations going on there. But getting some ratings in iTunes does help build our audience and helps us connect with other people and, and spread the messages and uh, get our network a bit bigger. So, do really um, value those. It would be great if you could head on over there and, and do that little job. For me, that would be awesome. In the meantime, have a great week and look forward to catching up again soon. 